has a man wide open. Touchdown. Touchdown for Jacksonville. Touchdown, Jacks! You're listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank. This is Corey. Guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's JK3. This is our first episode since, I believe, March of this year when the pandemic was first uh, coming into play. I think we titled that episode Dave Caldwell in Quarantine as if it was some big joke or something. Little, <laughs> Meanwhile, little did uh, we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I need to edit. I need to edit that title. That seems a little uh, insensitive at this point. Um, and, and since then, JK3 has still not changed the batteries and them dang smoke alarms, man. I'm trying to tell you, man, what's up with that beeping? Like we had to delete be- a whole row of tape because of that beeping. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, it, it, I've become accustomed to the beeping. It is like white noise for me. It helps me go to sleep. It helps calm my uh, my stress levels. So I'm sorry for y'all that have that that have hearing it. But it become it's so bad now. I guess I will go to Home Depot this weekend and I will make sure that I will change at least one of the batteries. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it's because it's not just one. It's multiple smoke detectors, which. That should not help you sleep easier because eventually they stop chirping because the battery dies and then if a fire happens, you know we're gonna be we're gonna be extra crispy. <laughs> yeah, great. That's good. Oh man. Um, so, but yeah, you will occasionally hear beeping that we considered. I think Derek considered saying it was his bird, uh, which would have been a little bit of a cooler story. But, um, but yeah, so no. Um, no recording because there hasn't really been a whole lot going on to be honest with you and with all the, the chaos and craziness it's uh it probably would have been a little awkward to record anyway but uh we've seen a lot of the effects of uh covid on you know all the other sports you know i stay up watching the a's games for baseball and you got the cardboard cutouts in the background and the fake crowd noise and it's awkward but it's nice that there is some sports to watch yeah you know um for a while there i think it was korean baseball for a few months, um, and yeah, that, that that was pretty much it. Go NC Dinos, yeah, and um, <laughs> at least there's something. But at the end of the day, we 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 take advantage of you know what's important, and you know we just you know I know we all feel the same way. Just wish everybody you know stays safe, stays healthy, and hopefully one day we can get back to really you know discussing what we like, and that's football. And um, all the things that we think that our team will do. And then by week 16, we know what our team isn't going to do, you know, unless there's a drastic turnaround. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's been the last crazy few months. Um, I mean, I'm glad to see that the NBA's back as far as the bubble goes. The MLS did a pretty good job also with their bubble. I don't know if they guys are any soccer fans or anything, but, you know, Orlando City lost last night to Portland. Sucks. But, you know, live sports, man, it, it, it's good. And live sports, that's actually here. There's no way I was going to pretend to watch, you know, the Korean baseball. The, you know, some of the – there just wasn't going to be able to watch it. But uh, golf, too, has been, you know, somewhat sort of a thing. And – um, you know, the, the crazy thing, too, is that, like, with golf, like, the last time, the last live sporting event I was going to go to was the players. And, like, that Friday, it was shut down while I was on my way to the players. And I was like, man, this is crazy. And now, here it is, you know, August. We're still talking about it. And it's obvious that it's not going away anytime soon. 
Right. So has there been any consensus on uh, – I know right now they're they're talking about maybe some teams having the first few games with no fans but otherwise limited capacity in the stands. There's not any talk of doing anything like baseball. Is there with you know no fans or cardboard cutouts or fake crowd noise? It's pretty much been the consensus they want to have fans, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh, – I know, you know Jerry Jones of the Cowboys made a statement about that wanting fans you know in jerry's world he he probably has the one stadium where you could really pull it off and still probably get you know thousands Bro, that stadium is huge yeah so i mean he has that advantage due to the space but still you know it's also going to be the comfort level of people you know some people just may not be comfortable that have been long time season ticket holders so um well think about this Derek. not even just the comfort level with the virus but think about those early jags games like you and i've been to a couple of them when it's really hot out there and then you got to wear a mask too can you imagine Nah, nah. there's no amount of seven eight dollar lemonade that the stadium can serve up that'll have me out there in the heat with a darn mask on no amount that that would be that would be the worst man i mean you know the way that i'm looking at it and like if you're going out there in a you know, it's uncomfortable to wear a mask and I'm, you know, shout out to all the, you know, healthcare workers that have to wear double masks and everything else like that. You know, for me, it's only a necessity when I'm going to like Publix or any of those places. I wouldn't want to put myself in a position to where I'm outside in September. Any Floridian knows that September is the hottest month here in in, in Jacksonville. Um, I wouldn't want to subject myself to wearing a mask at the game while yelling. I mean, it, to me, it's just one of those things where I'm going to look at it as a glass half full. I save at least about 200 bucks a Sunday here. Um, at least I can drink here also and not have to worry about getting an Uber or anything else. Uh, you know, So I, I'm good with chilling at the house on Sundays from, from here on out. Yeah, well, he's the wild one of the three of us because he's the one showing up to all the tailgates like 6 in the morning out there. Hey. <laughs> Oh man! And you know the only the only the only team that has fans that's prepared for this with masks are Steeler fans because they can take those towels, Tom around their neck. They got a mask right there. <laughs> they'll, they'll be ready to go. They're the only fans. And, you were and, working on you, you were you were working on that all day. No, you? no, it literally just came to my head. L- literally just came to my head. Um, definitely was not working on that all day. Yeah, I don't know. I I. You know, I I think I'll go. I mean, I think I might go initially uh, just to to experience it. But I just think about all the scenarios when you talk about comfort level around the virus itself, not the mask, but just being in close quarters with people. Imagine (laughs) the social distancing in the corridors when you come down to go use the bathroom or to go to concession stand or something. That's like that just doesn't work. Right. And that's what I'm saying, man. I can barely follow the follow follow the lines in the grocery store. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to follow the lines inside of the stadium when, you know, if I see something I want to eat, you know, or see a certain vendor ser- serving a certain type of beer, I'm just going to go get it, you know. So, like, to me, just cut out the eat, just, just save it. I'd much rather sit here at the house. And, you know, I, this is just another reason for me to get a bigger TV and a sound bar, honestly. Yeah. I was looking at those at Costco earlier. Going for that eighty inch, uh, baby. Give me that eighty yeah. with the uh, with the uh, with with a little um, subwoofer and soundbar. I'm good. Come on, another stimulus check. Ba- oh, <laughs> stimulate me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, so I mean, as far as the regular season, I mean, preseason's canceled, which for my purposes, I think is great, and hopefully that continues because I hate preseason, especially. I mean, I guess it's okay for Washington, you know, to see some of the younger talent get an opportunity, but to actually pay and go to those games is kind of a joke at full price. But camp is where I'm hating it because that's always been sort of a tradition, even when I was young, going with my father and I go with my daughter, taking her out to training camp and stuff. And now that you can't do that, it's a major bummer. Bro, this was the first training camp. So my birthday is on July 28th. And usually the second or third day of camp is usually around that same time. And I've gone to training camp on my birthday for as long as I can remember. And like it was kind of weird just being here at the house. Just sitting around like, oh, man, I'm not going to be able to – I'm not going to do anything. You know, I'm not going to be able to go out and watch or I'm not going to be able to do it. So that was the first kind of real real hit for me was was that, you know, that training camp is – it's different now. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and then, like, as far as – as far as, like, all the, the protocols too, um, like, it's a big deal that they're wearing helmets today. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's – Gosh, it's just different, you know, everything. I mean, it's even got a, a, a small trickle down, like you think about, you know, kids in, in college, you know, the college football, all the conferences, you know, talking about canceling and, and you know, all the ideas that are floating around. You know, I was talking to um, uh, my brothers. Uh, shout out to Alex, by the way, man. Went to, went to Georgia Southern on a soccer scholarship. Shout out to my little brother, Alex. Um they were talking. I was asking them about in just conversation about a bubble, like you know, because I had never been to the Disney Wide World of Sports. And I said, "Could could the NFL pull off a bubble at Disney?" And he was like, "No, they couldn't for a couple of reasons. One, the fields are crap, and and they're, they're not as good as what they're used to. And and two, he's like, you know, NFL players. There's a lot more of them, and they run they they run wild as opposed to like the NBA guys and MLS does. So." I was like, is there anywhere else in the country where they have 10 decent football fields where they could have a bubble? And, you know, I don't know. Maybe somebody out there knows, but I don't know if that's possible. So when when you look at the whole, like, you know, what, what their options could be as we as we adjust to all of this, like the only the only other option is minimal to no fans. If yeah. you know, think about think, think about this, though, Derek, think about the baseball uh, situation where they didn't do a bubble. They're going to travel, you know, just as much as well, not as much, but they're going to geographically travel all around the the United States, just like the NFL teams will. And it's not so much the fans because they don't have any fans, but it's the fact that all that traveling and exposure to different people and hotels and uh, different cities and the players, you know, going back to their families and potentially bringing it back to the teams. You have the St. Louis Cardinals who had how many of their games canceled slash postponed NFL season, 16 games. If one game gets postponed or canceled, it kind of throws everything off. So it, to me, it's like a, it's dramatically worse if you end up having the same issues that you've had in major league baseball is that you end up having with the NFL. This would have been the perfect season. This would have been the perfect season, in my opinion. Same thing for college um, and the NFL. This would have been the perfect season for you to play the teams that you really don't get to play, like, regionally a lot. So, like, this would have been awesome for New Orleans, you know, uh, Miami, uh, Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, Carolina, Atlanta, and maybe Tennessee, and, like, another team, you know, 
play in your 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 like your regional area, you know, and then figure out yeah. a playoff system from there. You know, uh, same thing with the college football game. This would have been the perfect time for them to throw all the things out of the window and just say, okay, hey, Florida, Florida State, Miami, UCF, um, you know, Florida Atlantic, Florida International, throw a couple HBCUs in there. Y'all are going to play. And then from there, you know, we'll figure out the championships, et cetera, as we go down. But it, there, there could have been a lot of different ways they could have kept football regionally, and it would have been a free-for-all like that everybody would have saw. And it could have probably led to different maybe conferences, different teams yeah. that have, have wanted to play the big boys for the longest amount of times. You don't have to wait 10 years for a UCF-Florida matchup. You don't have to wait, you know, 10 years for a UCF, you know, Bama matchup or anything else like that. Uh, same thing with, with, with the Jags. You know, this would have been a great opportunity for, you know, the Jags to play, you know, your Miamis, which we already are, uh, your Tampas. You know, you could have got Tom Brady in there also. Uh, everything that's going on with, uh, the Saints, the, um, Falcons, um, the Panthers, I mean, this this would have been a great, you know, opportunity for, you know, the team to play teams regionally and, you know, everyone kind of still have your home and away games and then figure out from there your champions from each region, et cetera. Yeah, like like temporary divisions or something just for this year. That actually, yeah. that probably would have generated a lot of excitement and a lot of, uh, especially in college. I mean, that actually probably would have driven up viewership and and revenue i think that's pretty yeah impressive. right where were you why weren't you in the room i mean that? instead of making a bubble quote-unquote bubble just make it like a regional just look you know we're going to minimize the amount of people and minimize the amount of travel that's happening i mean you still got it makes no sense for the jags to travel to the chargers in la to play them like if you're being precautious and if COVID is, you know, as big of a deal as the, you know, as the NFL and, you know, not trying to minimize it. But if you're taking all these safety precautions, what sense does it make to put a team on a plane to go six hours straight flight all the way around? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the same thing with college. What sense does it what sense does it make for Florida and Florida State not to play each other when you literally just take I-10 to 75 to Gainesville and uh to, uh, it's one shot, but Florida is probably going to play Mississippi State, and you know FSU is probably going to still end up playing Clemson and all these other teams in the ACC. It makes no sense. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's per, that's a perfect example because, like, you know, look at um, an FSU schedule, and, and like I think Notre Dame's got like ten games now in the ACC because, and they have to fly all over the place, and every and right. ACC teams got to fly up there. So when it comes to the Jags, it's like, you know, I think what they go up to Green Bay, and obviously, you know, Indianapolis. Um, yeah. You know, those those aren't those aren't little you know little treks. Those are some decent plane rides. So, you know, it, it's it's going to be very difficult to figure out. And you know, if this is the you know new norm for this year, hopefully it's not the new norm for next year. They, we can get it right and move on. Um, I, I know I'm ready to. I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm over this stuff and I'm ready to get back to some sense of normalcy. Well, you know, Derek, you know who's not going to be making any of those trips, who found another sneaky way to uh, to get out of playing, is your best and favorite player, Marquise Lee. Oh, forget <laughs> that, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Good night, man. I, I, there are no thoughts, okay? There's there's no thoughts whatsoever. I, at, he, at least he the Jags the NFL, aren't paying him the money. Yeah. 
And I don't know. We could be paying him some money, just not not reported. Yeah. Let's see. Probably. No, we're not. Uh, yeah, we are paying him. We got three and a half million in dead money. So there. Dang. <laughs> wow, that's great. So good job. But yeah, he's uh, yeah, we we always got to make sure we uh take a Marquis Lee shot <laughs> for some reason. Um, but yeah, no, and and limited uh media at the uh at the camp practices i know jk3 you've been following that it sounds like a little bit on twitter and, and whatnot any uh any things that have sort of stood out from you from the uh training camp highlights so far um well a couple of guys that aren't really you know we've had a couple opt-outs um al woods um i can't think of the other guy's name um that that's opted out and in my opinion it's like they opted out but i think the only thing in the general consensus consensus of them opting out is that we lose that quote-unquote age leadership you know we already knew the jags had a very young roster so to me you know those guys were on the bubble of you know even making the team to begin with you know uh for me most importantly one of two things a positive seeing um and hearing that o'shaughnessy is off of the uh the pup list this team has been decimated as far as tight ends goes for the longest amount of time so i think to see that finally have that that tight end group kind of get a little bit more healthier one more person is good so you've got oliver tyler eifert who's a new uh, addition to the team and you know o'shaughnessy has he you know ha, ha, has had some production when he is healthy but nothing to, to to write home about um but then also uh, a big thing for me that's always an instant eye raiser is uh when you're you know when one of your your draft picks uh kayla von chase on he you know he's out working on the side with a hamstring and to me, these are how these things start. They start in training camp. They start with a nagging injury that he, you just cannot get right. And I just hope, you know, for the sake of the season that, you know, this guy doesn't is, is sidelined, you know, with a nagging hamstring all along. You know, those soft tissue issues that you can never, you know, just completely fully rehab. Same thing what happened with Josh Oliver last year. He had an abdominal issue. And then it was just we saw like a couple flashes and then he was out. So I would just hate and I hate to see that and hate to even have it reported that, you know, uh, Kayla Vaughn is, you know, on the sideline working um, by himself. But it could be just an instant overreaction for me. And Derek, he was a uh, projected starter this year, I guess, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely he definitely was uh, and is, obviously. Uh, he's, he's a good player, man. He, he's, he can be an outstanding player. Just. We just got through joking about Marquise Lee and Marquise Lee. Remember, for years, hamstring, hamstring, hamstring turned into the knee, knee turn. You know, just always something just small, and and hopefully it's nothing serious. Hopefully they're able to to get that worked on. But one one position that and one player that JK three mentioned tight end, man Tyler 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 Eifert Eifert I forget how to pronounce his name. Um, all I know is when he was in Cincinnati, the guy could not stay on the field at all. When he was on the field, he was very productive. But, I mean, if you really look at it, I want to say he's been in the league, I don't know, this is his maybe seventh or eighth year, eighth year, and I think he's only had like two full seasons, maybe? Maybe three? Like, that I can think of? Like, that's, I don't know. So, I'm just hoping for some better luck out of that position because we need it. And not just for the passing game. We, We definitely need it for the running game. And I know we're, we, we, we're going to talk about the offensive line here in a minute, but I would love to have a capable tight end that we don't have to, uh, you know, pretty much throw our card, show our hand 
when we're going to pass and when we're going to run um, that or limit ourselves. So I'd love to have a tight end that can do both. Not, you know, put it, bring in one guy that can, you know, catch and one guy that can run block. Um, it, it, you know, telegraphing your plays is, you know, we already struggle bad enough at times. We don't need to give the defense any more help. Well, let's kind of bounce back and forth a little bit, actually, because you've kind of uh, sort of delved into the uh, the offensive strategy maybe that, that we could see under our new offensive coordinator. I know we talked a little bit about this beforehand uh, JK3, if you don't mind just kind of uh, giving an overview of Jay Gruden and the offense and maybe how some of these new pieces fit into that. From what I know, uh, I'm not an expert or anything. So what I've been hearing and what I've been you know, seeing what they did in Cincinnati, you know, he had some pretty elite weapons, you know, in Cincinnati, one being A.J. Green. Um, and, you know, when, once he when they did have a couple of seasons where they were a high powered offense, it's just that their defense just couldn't stop running water. So um, the way that the offense works is a lot of misdirections, uh, a lot of three, five-step drops. Uh, they want the, the the goal is to keep your defense or the opposing team's defense um, off balance. So being unpredictable, um, you know, kind of setting up in a in a pass set and then running a you know a draw, or and then from there you know taking that same pass set, running a draw, and then maybe faking the draw and throwing like a quick out or something like that, or a quick swing route to the running back, whether it be uh, you know Fournette or um, you know Chris Thompson, one of those fast, speedy guys, um, and then from there you know you get the 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 object is to keep you know, running and keep moving the ball, keep the defense guessing. Um, and I think that's where, you know, you're really going to see LaVisca Chenault, if he can stay, you know, healthy, that's where you're really going to see one of the guys thrive in. Um, think about, you know, someone that is, uh, I remember, you, you guys remember Jadon Mickens back in the day, uh, or, or a couple seasons ago, someone that once you got the ball in space, he was so fast. Um, that you know he could really kind of take that that play. Same thing with Keelan Cole. You know if he gets the ball in space, he's gonna make moves. And I think with having you know DJ Chark, who's coming off of a Pro Bowl season, Chris Conley, you know who isn't a slouch. You got Didi as well. So I think right now, as far as the you know the the offense goes and the receivers, I think we got a group a, a good group of guys that can really just make stuff happen. You know you're not really gonna be able to hone in. This isn't like when we had Allen Robinson and and uh, um. Alan Hearns, where you kind of had to just focus on those two, and then we just had the water boy out there running an out route. Um, you know, you, you guys got some, you, you got some legit pieces if they can stay healthy, like some legit guys that are on the team that that have shown that they can make big plays, um, and that have shown they can make clutch plays. You know, in in the thing, uh, in the in the games. But I think most importantly, where this team is really, and what I'm excited about uh, most importantly, is the offensive line. I think this is going to be one of the most uh, you know, one of the most productive offensive lines that the Jaguars have seen. Not in NFL history or anything else like that, but as far as, you know, what we're looking at, you got the right combination of uh, of depth, the right combination of uh, of youth, and we've got some veterans on, on the, the offensive line right now as well that are really going to make this, you know, they're going to really, I, I, I think they're going to move forward and really make a good step, uh, you know, in what they've done. They were crappy last year in red zone. Uh, I think the Jaguars' offense, you know, as a whole was. But I mean, just looking at it right now, man, you know, having Linder there, who is a who, who's going to be a huge piece, uh, who has been one of the highest graded centers uh, by P uh, by uh, uh, is it PFF Pro Football Focus? 
Yeah, that that has had them. Um, you know, Cam coming back. You know, anyone that's listened to this podcast, when we drafted Cam Robinson, huge fan. Jawan, cleaning up, Jawan on the other side, cleaning up some of the things that he's done as far as a rookie, was still one of the most productive rookies, you know, last year on the offensive line or in the NFL as far as being an offensive line as well. Um, I think it's going to be a really good battle with um, – with, with Will Richardson and A.J. Can, I'm not sold on Norwell. Um, you know, he got broke off, he got paid, and he's kind of lax and, and kind of been bad there. But I guess, you know, uh, that's where they're going to go there. But I, I really think that the offensive line is really going to be, an op, you know, very op- opportunistic for this team. And, um, you know, I can see Fournette, again, you know, having a good year. Last year, Fournette, maybe week six, he was up there with Christian McCaffrey. A lot of people forget that. A lot of people forget that, man. He he didn't have the touchdowns, but he had the productivity. Week six, week seven, dude was like maybe second or third in the NFL still up there with McCaffrey as far as rushing and attempts and everything. So, I mean, offensive line, I think this is where we're going to see the most improvement on the Jags' uh, um, offense. And, and then, of course, my boy Minshew. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Derek, Derek, now that we know that uh... – Jay Gruden's not a uh, convicted deviant or murderer or whatever was going to potentially come out on him and that whole Washington football team scandal. Remember that? Wasn't he going to be one of the ones that was like outed as some bad guy? Boy, that kind of went away. Boy, deviant and murder. It was uh, what was it? <laughs> boy, mis- mistreatment of employees. Boy, <laughs> boy, they had boy, they had some stuff going on up there. Oh yeah. my well, God. now that we're com- now that we're comfortable that Jay Gruden's not immediately being fired after we hired him, uh, what do you think, Derek? Do you think the pieces kind of fit within uh, the philosophy that he runs his offense under? They can fit. Um, a couple things. One is you never underestimate the I want to say the kind of desire of a professional athlete, and what I mean by that is when you back them into a corner and tell them you can't, usually they can. So I'm hoping that works out well in our favor is that they are hungry. Um, the, the next thing is also, you know, the offensive line like JK3 just alluded to, hopefully if they can stay healthy, that's been the biggest thing is staying healthy to be able to you know, get out there and as a unit keep getting the reps, keep getting the, you know, the games, get, getting the experience under their belt together because they're probably minimal, you know, games together is probably at a, at a bare minimum. So – um, Minshew's obviously proven that he can play. We've proven that we have you know decent receivers. So I just look at this as a as a uh, you know yeah we 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 can he, we have the ability. So it's just a matter of putting it all together. You know you've got a few players that are going to want contracts next year, a, a good amount of players, and I think that's a big motivating factor for us because you got some guys that are want to get paid. A lot of things too. People are saying this team is not going to win that many games. All I got to say is 2012 Jags are two and fourteen. This team has got way more talent than a two and fourteen, or excuse me, two and uh, two and fourteen team. They, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to be the best team, but I mean, yeah, I think the things things will probably get turned around in the right motion when you get you know uh, an offense and an identity and a quarterback with an identity, and you know you get some skill players around. Um, yeah, I, I, that's where I see the op the the optimism on the team. Yeah, and it's not just the. The um, there uh, if you look at the overall talent, the coaching staff's also been around now. You know, four years now. Granted, you know, t- some people majority think that 
you know, the coaching staff shouldn't be here. And I'm one of them. You know, I'm going to raise my hand. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they're here and we got to deal with it. So there should be no really turn as far, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Offensive side, there may be a bit of a learning curve. I could see this offense being a bit more complex than before. But, you know, they're professionals. So they're going to go out there and they're going to, you know, learn the place. They're going to do their thing. Um, what I just hope is the injury bug. The injuries have really killed us the last few years. Like around week three, week four, just everything starts happening. Um, that that's something that we we hope that we can you know stay away from. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it seems like some optimism there, which is exciting. Um, if I can switch gears to defense, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, our good boy. Uh, and friend uh, Yannick over there who uh, decided that he was going to fire his agent because he couldn't get his way, huh? Reportedly. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was that his agent's fault, you think, or do you think he just had way too uh, lofty of expectations out there? Because this is, I mean, it's kind of crazy at this point. This is dragged on so long. <clears throat> I mean, this is, in my opinion, they they didn't, so the 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 edge rusher right now in the NFL is starting to become what the running back was for the NFL or what the running back is for the NFL right now. Diamond doesn't. You guys they're they're finding they're finding people that can disrupt. They're finding um you know players that can disrupt and every team now has got to have a book in, you know, uh you know defensive lineman that can come off the edge. I mean people people are getting paid that the average NFL fan doesn't know. That's how dime a dozen the, 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 the edge rusher is becoming. Jan should have took, in my opinion, he should have took what, what they offered him. It's reported it was 18, 19, whatever mil. He should have took it. He should have took it. Because at this right now, at this point right now, what does he have? He's got no leverage. He's got he he he's still on a contract where he's, you know, getting paid peanuts compared to what he could have been making. And right now he's created a stalemate and, and he got owned by the he got owned publicly by the owner's son and in <laughs> Twitter in Twitter court. Bro, he has he has no leg to stand up on right now. He's also the worst motivational Twitter account ever. I I I like I remember back in the day I was like, oh man, this guy, he sure is motivated yeah. with these very motivational tweets every day. Now it's the most annoying thing that I see. And the in worst my thing, feed. bro, the worst thing is that you, you the worst thing that could happen is that you now he has shown or Josh Allen has come in and had a you know an, an outstanding season. And now you've got Kay Levon, if he can stay healthy, who's more versatile than Jan. Man, you just you 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 cry babies your way out of a position and cry babies your way out of a job. And yeah. the crappy part about it is I've seen this I, and it's so crazy the fall from grace that Jan had, bro. There was it was it was insane. Like everyone loved him. Everyone hashtag pay Jan. They tried to pay Jan and tried and, and, and really tried to work it out. And you know, this guy wants you you know Frank Clark money. And it's like, I understand, you know, you want to get your coins. And I understand you want to secure the bag and everything else like that. But at at what point do you understand that you are losing leverage? And are you going to die on this hill where you should be getting paid more money? And this team is drafting players in your position that could potentially be, if not better, or just as good as you are. I mean, look at Josh Allen. 
if Kayla Vaughn is half of what Josh Allen is, then you've got two guys that are coming off the edge that are getting you 18 sa- or you know 18 sacks between the two of them. That's wild. Dude, it, it's the whole thing's been a mess. Could he be a productive player for us? Sure. Uh, will he get some respect in the locker room? Probably. We, we don't know. We think so. But, man, it, it's just been a big mess. And, you know, if he was getting bad advice or not, I mean, the guy that, you know, um, that was you know, repping him, I think his last name, was it um, Nassim or uh, for, forget his age, uh, Nissim, Ari, Ari Nassim. Uh, forgive me if I pronounce his name wrong. But, man, all that all that's in the past, you know, just – Get out there if you want to play. Play if you don't want to play. Don't play. That's a, that's where I'm at with it. You know, take take the 16, 17, 18 million dollar franchise tag and 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 you know, kiss and make up with ownership. Uh, maybe not. Um, uh, what's his face, the owner's son. Um, but you know, kiss and make up with Dave Caldwell <laughs> and, and, and go for it. I mean, if you, if you want to. Uh, just get in the ring with him. That's probably what he wants to do more is, is study the dang wrestling and actually uh, care about the football team. But that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, um, I was about to say that. I remember so, we ranted about that like a couple months back. Yeah, Tony Khan, man, I like AEW this and AEW that, and you know I you know do this and that for the metrics of football and all this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, man. Okay, you're just as guilty as he was on that little Twitter rant. You know, a little spoiled self. So that's just that's just my opinion. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they, they were, they were about, both uh, at fault. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the two rookies. Uh, I think um, JK3, you might have mentioned one of them, but you know, CJ Henderson especially. You know, what kind of expectations do we have around those two guys? I mean, Chasen and CJ Henderson. I mean, CJ CJ is filling some big shoes. In my opinion, I think Trey Herndon has already kind of proved himself, uh, and I don't want to mention him as being a rookie. But I think CJ, depending on what they d- decide to do, or if you know they exclusively put one on the left, one on the right side, you got to look at it like this: Jalen was, you know, guarding the number one receiver on the team, um, and AJ was shutting down the entire side of the uh, the opposite side. And then when they went into nickel, DJ Hayden was coming through and cleaning up everything. So. You have got to understand that if it is going, if they're going to, you know, run CJ, if he's good enough to be on an island on himself, which personally, I think he's got to prove it. I mean, you know, I watched Florida, I've watched it, and you know, he's he's long, he's lengthy, you know, he's athletic, but he doesn't make tackles. You know, that's just that's just the case. I don't think he's that physical, you know, to be just left on an island on himself right now. And you got to think, man, this is the NFL. I mean, you know, he's going to be he's going to be facing Keenan Allen here in, in a couple of weeks where, you know, excuse my French, shit's going to get real with Keenan Allen lining up, you know, next to you or lining up in front of you. Um, you know, the Jags are, are going to have to they play Aaron Rodgers this year, who is a mastermind. You got Philip Rivers twice this year. Don't forget, you also have, you know, Deshaun uh, and, and the Texans. You know, twice this year, um, you've got Tua coming in also, or that you're going to have to play against, who's another rookie, granted, but he's still exceptional. And then you got to go to or then Baltimore with Lamar, the number one player in the NFL. So 
I think that we're going to find out pretty quickly if CJ is going to be that guy and that number one, uh, you know, that, that, that we've picked him at. But uh, I think both rookies, you know, him, um, Kayla Vaughn, and even going back to the offensive side of the ball, LaVisca, you know, they're going to be, you know, put in some positions where they're going to have to step up and play sooner rather than later. I don't think it can be another situation to where we, ha- we find a star out of one of those rookies, like two seasons down the road, like we have with uh, DJ Chark. You know, don't forget DJ Chark to just one, I think last season, actually. Uh, no, not 20, 2018. He was a gunner on punt return. You know, you got to find out quick if these guys can play. Quick. And, and we're, and we're going to find out very quickly, too. Like, it's not going to be, uh, you know, it's uh, hopefully we don't get that they're getting better speech from the coaches. Um, hopefully, it's, yeah, that, that, if I hear that, that phrase, I'm going to be like, Mm-mm. oh, no. Oh, that's damn, a red flag. That's a red yeah. flag. Boy, that's, that's, <laughs> what's the, what's that's, the phrase? That's, that's, Gus, that's Gus Bradley all over again. Yeah, yeah. What is they're, it? They're getting better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I just no. had PTSD. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 the NFL, man. These guys are professionals. They they know what they're doing. They're 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 the best at it. They're they're the best in the world at playing the game of football. And it's just I don't see. I hope it goes well. I don't see it going extremely well, but I hope it doesn't just fall off the wheels, fall off the bus by like week two. That's what I I don't hope. Um, you know, we do have some, yes, I also hope that decent players. The, <laughs> the one thing that I look at it is, of it's not only just the youth, but also the positioning and the mind game. Having Schobert call the plays and call the coverages is going to be, in my opinion, extremely key because Miles Jack, I've been saying it for years. He can't do it. He's a great athlete. He's a great football player. He just doesn't have it mentally. And majority of guys don't. Schobert does. So let's see if he can help the, the young guys get into better position to be able to make plays and take advantage of their youth and their speed and their ability. So that, that's one thing we do have that, that plays in our favor. And I think that's where it's going to be, you know, one of the, what Schobert, when he's actually seen – and that veteran and that leadership that he's seen, you know, in Cleveland, and if he can transition that, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm hopefully that this can be, you know, kind of like Pause 2.0, not like that Jake Ryan guy that we got from um, uh, Green Bay that could never stay healthy. But I, I'm hoping that this is, can be a really uh, a big piece in the defense and can kind of bolster that defense up to really just diagnose things. Cause everyone knows pause was not the most athletic guy as far as NFL standards, but he knew where the play was going. He knew where everything was happening and you got to contribute or you got to attribute, excuse me, you know, that defense and that for that tenacity was from him. He was telling you where you were going to go. Now you need to be an athlete and make the play. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it's so it's so huge. It, that's so huge. And, and nowadays, you 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 remember in the last two three years, even back to Telvin's last year, you know they'd run play action, linebackers would get sucked in. You would think Telvin and them would be able to recover, and they'd sneak the slowest tight end that you could find right behind them, and they'd turn around. You know they'd have that 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 hands up look. They both have him and Miles Jack and have their hands up, 
and then you'd see uh, the safeties are or um, would would you know go flying down the field trying to catch him. Jalen would be on the other side, like you know, with his hands on his hip, like what in the world? Um, th- that that is something that we can't have, and hopefully we don't have with with his leadership, with Schobert's leadership. So we covered the offense and a good amount of the defense. Is there any kind of you know lingering thoughts or observations you guys have leading into the the last little bit of I guess are we calling it training camp or or what is it right now? I mean it it is still training camp, but what's crazy, man, is that like tomorrow we're gonna wake up and we're gonna be thirty days away from the first week one against the Colts. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's 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 huh. crazy. So tomorrow we will be you know August thirteenth. Um, September 13th is the first game. and It's so weird. It, it doesn't even feel like right. that. Right. And, and, and it's crazy. And this team has got to really figure out um, within 30 days, you know, how they're going to react and how they're going to really just move forward and put everything behind and really just see what they're going to do. you got to find – I think the thing about training camp, too, and depending on what the schedule is as far as when they're able to put on pads, you know, you're not able to – um, another thing too, missing from training camp, you're not going to be seeing those joint practices. So, so oh, yeah. you know, you, it's like, how are you going to be able to come out the gate ready to smack the other guy? You know, that that's another thing that they're, they're going to have to get, you know, kind of get ramped up and get acclimated to. Um, I mean, yeah, that's just it's it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see, man. Well, the good news is, if we suck too bad, we can just opt out of the season because of COVID, right? So. Never had that option before. <laughs> well, if we here's the deal: if we suck that, if we if we end up going, you know, starting zero and four, you know, how long is Marone around? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. you got you got legit coaches. You got people that have been on the team, or you have coach like McAdoo has been a head coach before and a big market. You know, I'm not saying that he's an instant you know, instant fix for it. But you got guys that are on the team right now that have been reduced to offensive coordinator, uh, or excuse me, quarterback coach, um, you know, roles that have had. Yeah. That there's some people breathing down Doug's neck. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess aside from uh, maybe uh, another kind of preview episode prior to the season, I guess the only other thing we need to talk about is the GoFundMe that we're starting for new smoke detector batteries for JK3. We're going to get them fixed this weekend, man. I, I, I swear. <laughs> we'll, put that, we'll, put, we'll put that in the podcast description if you guys can uh, contribute to that. I mean, I don't even hear it, I don't even hear it anymore. I just, yeah, well, I just, that's that's concerning. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem. Just so you understand, that's a problem. Um, okay, so we'll uh, kind of wrap it there. We appreciate you guys uh, listening to the episode. If you have some time and can jump on and leave us a rating review, we'd certainly appreciate it. Um, and otherwise, we'll hopefully talk to you guys again before the season starts, and I'll uh, talk to you soon. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. 
For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.